When I think about that first Christmas and I think about Mary holding baby Jesus that first night, I just have to believe that she felt so overwhelmed. I mean, just uh, imagine, I I know every mother in the room has gone through that process and how overwhelming and stressful that can be. And and here she is after uh, experiencing this angel coming and talking to her and saying this amazing plan of God's son is, is going to uh, be uh, her son. And, and how in the world is this going to take place? And, and how overwhelming and stressed out that must have actually been. And, and I think, you know, so many of us here today are, are maybe not going through exactly what she went through, but we are overwhelmed at times and we have our own issues and problems and things that you might be experiencing today. And, and uh, I think for many of us, we, we kind of walk into this Christmas season and, and it's just more stressful. It can be really stressful. I mean, we're gonna see family members that we may not wanna see. You're gonna spend money that you may not necessarily have on these people. Maybe the schedule and the end of the year and your business is, is getting more and more hectic. Whatever it might be, your marriage just feels more tension and stress. And, and Christmas just has a way of bringing that feeling of just uh, being stressed out or overwhelmed. I'll, I'll never forget, it was 1990. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade and it was a normal Christmas thus far. Um, outside, it was really warm. It was unseasonably warm and a little different from this week here in Knoxville. It's, it's, uh, it, it was a drought, so it hadn't rained in, in uh, days, if not weeks, and, and it was a little windy. And so uh, we're opening up presents and you know how it is when, when we open presents. It's just a normal day and everything's going around, you know, and dad's like, y'all like all dads, as soon as the wrapping paper hits the floor, he's like scooping it up and putting it in the trash bag because he's the most responsible one in the room. And so at the end of this, we're all kind of getting into our, you know, Christmas nap mode after a big meal. And, and all of a sudden, um, my dad decides to do something that he's never done before in the history that I know of in his life. And now, now this may not be unusual for you. Maybe you've got land and so you've got an out back brush fire that you burn and and you're kind of used to that. Well, for us, we lived in a neighborhood and so we didn't have like land to do that. But dad decided that day for some reason that he was gonna burn the wrapping paper. And so he didn't tell anybody, he just went outside to do it. And, And so we're about to fall asleep and all of a sudden dad busts through the door and he says, the field is on fire, get out here and help me. And we're like, what? what are you talking about? The field? Like, you mean the lot that people are getting ready to build a house on? Like, we don't have a 40 acres out back, you know? And so we're like, what do you mean? And we get up and we look out and sure enough, dry weather, a little breeze, sun warm outside, and dad has caught the, the, the field on fire. And so we, we, we like, you know, are, are joking and laughing about it. And then my dad has this like booming preacher voice mode that he can kick in when he wants to, you know? And he's like, this isn't funny. Get out of here and help me. And so we're like, oh, yes, sir. You know, we're, we're running out. So we're, what are we going to do? So we get like, you know, rakes and, and shovels and we're out there in the field on Christmas day, still in our PJs, putting out a fire. My favorite part of the day was my sister who had this, uh, she had the garden hose, which sounds like a smart idea. And uh, the only issue was the fire was what, like 150 um, feet away from the house and, 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 and the garden hose was only 100 feet. 
So she's like spraying it in the air, trying to get the right trajectory and hitting no flames whatsoever. And, 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 and we finally get it out. And it's one of the classic Stuart stories that we always bring up and, and make fun of dad for. And, and uh, I say that because Christmas just has a way of bringing out crazy in, in our life. It has a way of just stressing us out, whether it's financial, whether it's you know, a, a relationship issue, whether it's just kind of just the, the pressure that we normally feel in life, kind of then uh, we have this kind of on top of that with the gifts and the issues and the driving and all the stuff that Christmas brings. And so uh, often um, it overwhelms us and maybe it's parenting for you or maybe it's your marriage. We all tend to have these things, but in, in our life, one of the reasons I think though that we get overwhelmed is essentially because we, we, we have 10 things that we have to do and we feel like they're all equally important. And so sometimes we get overwhelmed because not all things are equally important. I gotta worship Jesus and live for God and buy deodorant, <laughs> right? I've got, I've gotta love my wife and serve my, my, my family and we're going out for pizza tonight. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of things that we're doing but so often in our life, we, we tend to think that everything is equally as important, but there are only a few things in life that you really have to do. There's only a few things that we really have to do. And knowing the Bible helps us really clarify our values, solidify what those priorities actually need to be. And then we can begin to discover what's actually important. And then it makes life simpler in times that we are overwhelmed. Today, we're gonna attempt to do that by looking at the word of God. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter one. We're gonna look at the story of Mary today. She is overwhelmed by the fact that she is engaged, about to be married. Her life is turned upside down. She is visited by an angel. She's gonna give birth to the son of God. She had to be overwhelmed. But in this series, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get our focus away from the problems that we have. And what if this Christmas you were able to do that and instead of looking and focusing and being overwhelmed by the problems in your life, you were actually overwhelmed by surrendering to Jesus. You were able to focus on him. Let's look at Luke 1 verse 26. A lot of verses here this morning. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is, the, this is the sixth month of her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. 
And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, Great familiar story. Again, Mary had to be overwhelmed. Um, We aren't sure exactly how old she is. Some think 13, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that range, most likely. And so her dreams are, are essentially smashed with this news. And then she begins to hear more of the story. And then she begins to understand what God is calling her to do. Uh, she is greatly troubled. It said she had to be afraid of this message. She had to be fearful that she wasn't qualified for this job. She had to be fearful of what Joseph was gonna say when she actually shared this story with him. Is he actually gonna stay with me? But the scripture assures her, the angel assures her that this is a good plan, that you are blessed, that you are favored. I'm sure the weight of the world was on her shoulders. I'm sure she was stressed out and worried and anxious. And so often, you know, when we experience uh, these feelings of, of, of stress and worry and, and anxiety, when we're overwhelmed, when something doesn't work out the way that we want it to work out, so often our mind just simply races. And, and so often, uh, so much of this stress and responsibility just mounts upon us day in and day out. And a lot of us respond exactly how Mary responds. And her first response was, how? How is this gonna happen? I'm a virgin, right? It's a, it's, it's a question that many of us ask, right? We ask, how in the world am I gonna get all of this done? How in the world am I actually gonna make this payment? How in the world am I gonna solve this problem? We, we go to the how question and, and you know, I, let's give ourselves the benefit of the doubt today. The, the how question doesn't mean that we lack faith. I think it comes from a, an honest place within us that, that is just curious. We'd love to know how you're gonna do this, God, because it's gonna make us feel a lot better. Just could, could you give me the breakdown, God, of how this enormous problem is gonna get resolved? How many of you would just love for God just to kind of write that story for you today? Uh, this Christmas, I'm sure that many of you are gonna get presents that require assembly. So you're gonna get furniture and you're gonna have to put it together. Your kids are gonna get a toy and you're gonna have to put it together. Some of you are gonna be up at 3 a.m. in the morning putting together you know, toys for your kids and you're gonna be angry. And, and uh, when you put those toys and when you put the, that furniture together, um, some of us like to follow the instructions. We like to go step by step and follow the how to put it together instructions to kind of get it right. How many of you would say, I follow the instructions every time? Hands in the air, let's see who we are all over the room. Please participate. How many of you would say, I just wing it? Any people that wing it? That's why the world is so messed up. (laughs) Just follow the instructions, man. See, I'm I'm a follow the instructions kind of guy. Uh, because I want to do it right. I want to know the plan. I want to know how it's going to work. I want to make sure that I do it right. Uh, I don't want to mess up and I don't want to make mistakes. And so that's just my tendency. Uh, and, and in the same way, the tendency for us is when we are overwhelmed with what is happening to us, uh, we like to know exactly how it's going to take place. And so sometimes the, the temptation for us is that we like to pick up the pen and we like to start writing how God should figure this problem out 
for us. And so we just pick up the pencil and we just kind of write, God, this is what you should do right here. I'm going to write it down for you just so you know, God. And we just kind of fill it out and, and we kind of give it to him. We're like, well, here it is, Lord. Uh, thank you for your time today. And, and I'll be looking forward to you just kind of mapping that out right there, right? We just like to pick up the pen and we try to write the story. We, we don't know how it's going to work out, but, but we want to write the story. And, and, and when we don't hear God tell us how it's going to work out, we just tend to fall into that, that temptation and just tell him how to do it. And you know what that's, what that's called, right? It's called control. We like to control the situation. How many of you would just kind of admit, I know a lot of hand raising today, how many of you would admit that I have struggled a time, maybe not often, but every now and then I can admit today that I am a control freak and you just kind of don't make any eye contact with your spouse. There's no need to fight this morning. Some of us struggle with that. In verse 37, what does the angel say in response to the how question? The angel doesn't give uh, this detailed breakdown of how it's all gonna unfold. He essentially says, nothing is impossible for God. <laughs> nothing is impossible for God. And so God's not gonna give us the detailed you know, description of what's gonna happen. He's gonna remind us today that nothing is impossible for God so he can do anything, he can do everything. So our job is not to stress out. Our job is not to sweat it. Our job is not to try to control the situation. So what do we do when we are feeling overwhelmed and stressed out from the story? I think we should release the desire to control the situation. We have to release the desire to control the situation. Listen, the, the more out of control we feel, the more overwhelmed we feel. The more out of control a situation is, the more overwhelmed we feel, which means the more we double down on our control. I've got to micromanage this. I got to push it through. I got to overbearing and I've got to, I've got to come even harder and even stronger with my control. Parents in the room, how often have we done this with our kids? The, 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 the minute they start to show signs of independence, right? And they do something, they not exactly how we wanted them to. And what do we do? We're quick to just throw down the restriction. You're grounded. We're going to nip this in the bud, as Barney Fife used to say. And we're going to handle this. Not in my house, Missy, right? We, 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 we control that situation. We want to control that situation because we have this desire to actually be in control. And so much of the stress in our life today is from this desire to be the manager of the universe, to be the person that is controlling all things, to be the micromanager of our life. And listen, the more you try to control the uncontrollable, the more overwhelmed you're gonna feel. Let that one sink in today. For so many of us today, that is just exactly where we're at. And so we've gotta to begin to release the desire to control the situation. Most of life is out of your control. You realize that, right? Um, the Bible actually calls life a mystery, right? And so God is, is not gonna tell us everything that is gonna happen. He's not gonna write it down, right? Uh, every, everything. So here's a hard truth, really. The hard truth is that God reveals many things to us in the Bible, but also God conceals much of what's happening in life. 
from us. He conceals it. We talked about how's it gonna end in the sermon series weeks ago. We know a little bit about heaven, not a lot. He conceals a lot of that from us. Why does he do that? Why doesn't he give us more? I think it's because he wants us to rely on him. He wants us to depend on him. And so we have to let go of the need to actually control the situations that are around us. We've got to begin to understand today that whatever the problem is you're facing, whatever it is that you and I are experiencing that is really out of our control, that is, that, is, that is stressing us out today. There's one thing that I think we have to realize. That is we have to realize that most, most things are totally out of your control, but God is in total control, amen? If you brought one, that was the place, right? Most things in our life are out of our control, but God is totally in control. When, when Mary understood this, this, this allowed her to stop worrying and she began to start trusting God, right? So we don't, we don't come into a situation and, 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 and allow it to overwhelm us. We, we, we realize what Mary realized in verse 38, which is a, a great lesson for each of us. In verse 38, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Can I give you a little bit of a wake up call today and to remind you that you and I are the servant, he is God. You are the servant, he is the king. You are the servant and, and, and he is in control. It is his plan, it is his world. We are to worship him. He's not here to worship you. He's not here to allow you to come up with the plan. He's got the plan. It's our job to figure out what he's calling us to do. I am the servant. He is the king. I think one of the secrets to just having peace in our life is, is the ability to be able to let go of that control, to be able to release that mentally, spiritually, sometimes physically that, that we just release that and, and, and we trust God in that situation. I, I love the, the old hymn, we used to sing it growing up. At the end of the message, it usually came as the invitation song. It's, it's called, I Surrender All. Anybody know that song, remember that song? That used to get me every time, you know? It's, it's, it's those words, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Man, I remember back in some uh, rebellious seasons of my life when I knew I was in sin and I knew I needed to get right with God and that song would come on and, and I would hold on to that pew in front of me and I would squeeze that pew because I knew I needed to go forward. I, needed, I, needed to, I knew I needed to um, uh, confess or repent or, 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 or whatever it was and, and uh, would fight through that because that was just such a powerful song calling us to do exactly what Mary seems to do so easily here that she would just have faith and she would release that control, that desire to control. And, and she would have faith in God. She would have faith in God's plan. See what she's expressing and what she's doing in this scripture is she's showing us an important truth. And it's how you behave is based on what you believe. So how you're living your life today is based on what you truly believe. 
we call it faith and, and we say, I have faith. And if you're you know, an English major, you might say, okay, well, that's a noun, right? And, 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 but really faith is an active word. It's really a verb. Faith is, is evidenced, right, by our doing something. When we do something, that's saying, I have faith. That's the evidence of that faith. And so the result of our faith is, is acting on God's word, right? Whatever we learn from God's word, whatever we hear from it, we are expressing our faith when we actually act on it, right? And so, so many of us have these moments in our life where we are just simply trying to control everything in various ways. And the reason is because we have this innate desire to control everything around us because the truth is our faith is weak and we think we would do better than God. And when you put it like that, it's like, why you gotta be so in my face today, Trent? Like, man, it's, it's the truth, isn't it? I think I could do better, God. I'm gonna get the pen out and I'm gonna write it down. This is how it's supposed to go. Well, why isn't it going in according to my plan here, Lord? And this desire is that we would do a better job. This desire is, 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 is we think that we are in control of the situation, but how, God, are you gonna fix this is, is the question, right? How are you gonna fix it? How are you gonna make it right? And he never tells us how, so we have to have faith. And the re reality is, is another truth uh, that we've gotta understand in life is you don't have to figure everything out. Did you realize that? You don't have to figure everything out for your kids. You don't have to figure everything out for your spouse. You don't have to figure everything out in, in, in your job and, and in your leadership. You've you got to have faith in God and you got to take the right next step and be faithful today. And you see, that's what faith is. It's allowing God to be God. It's allowing God to, to, to work and God to do what he wants to do. Um, I... I know this, I'm sure you guys know what the universal sign of surrender is. The universal sign, I don't care if you're in Africa or if you're in South America or if you're in the USA, the universal sign for surrender, both hands up. <laughs> that means I give up, I surrender, right? That's exactly what some of you need to do today. You just gotta lift your hands up, right? And say, I surrender. Now, some of you are maybe more charismatic, and so you're like, woohoo, yeah, man, woo, praise Jesus. I surrender. It's easy for you, right? And so maybe the reminder for you or the warning for you is be careful. It's a very holy moment. It's a very symbolic um, meaning to tell God that you are surrendering to him. Um, some of you are more Presbyterian in nature, so you're not really going to raise a hand at all. You know, you'll raise a toast, but you won't raise a hand. This kidding. Now you're Baptist. Now you're now you're now now you're with us, right? And so, but what about the Baptist joke, Trent? Baptists only raise their hands when they want seconds. More gravy, fried chicken. Right? Some of us need to to understand though the the truth and the power of that symbolism. The universal sign of surrender is lifting our hands up to God and say, "All right, God, I give it to you." Even if it's in this moment you surrender and tomorrow morning you might wake up and you might get back into the groove, um, but then you'll be reminded, no, I, I surrendered yesterday and I've got to surrender not just one Sunday out of the year. I've got to surrender every day 
of my life. Uh, The universal sign of surrender is raising our hands to God. And some of us need to do that today and release that control. Let's keep reading in the story in verse 39. Here's the next thing that Mary does. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste. She went quickly into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. All right, side note, not a clump of cells in the womb. A real human being, a real heartbeat. Yes, it is a woman's body, but the body inside your body is not your body. It belongs to God. And so when the news takes place, The Holy Spirit is moving within Elizabeth and her baby, who we know to be John the Baptist, which we believe it was a cousin to Jesus, is is moving somehow. And like excited at this news, the Holy Spirit moving in her physically. That's a pretty powerful little nugget of truth that I don't wanna run by. The baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among the women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord, she's already confessing and believing that this baby inside her womb is the Lord, her God, the Messiah. She says, um, she's, she's who am I? You granted that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I love this passage, so much truth in it. Uh, uh, We're told, yes, we've got to let go. We've got to surrender. But what we see here is something important too. We've got to let others help us. We got to let other people help us. It's the opposite of what we do when we're overwhelmed or we're going through a problem or a struggle in our life. When we're overwhelmed, we tend to isolate. We tend to pull back. We tend to say, leave me alone. We don't want people to know what we're going through because we're ashamed or embarrassed about it. Uh, we, We sometimes see people pull away from church. They pull away from small group when they go through an issue. But, but the whole idea here is that Mary is going to, we believe it's her cousin, she's related somehow, and so she's going to her cousin Elizabeth and, and, and she's getting help from her. And I think the reason why she goes to her, it's important to note that first of all, Elizabeth was a godly woman. She was someone who couldn't have a child and, and she was praying and praying and praying with her husband, Zachariah, who was a priest that God would bless them with a child. And so she's a, she's a godly woman, a, a woman of prayer. And so Mary probably goes to her for prayer and, and, and she knows that she is more spiritually, you know, uh, mature in that. And so that's probably one of the reasons she goes to her. She goes to her because she's an older woman. Um, she's, you know, a little bit more experienced and uh, she's kind of been there and done that in a lot of ways. And so she goes because of that. And she also goes because of that similar experience. She's pregnant and it was a miraculous pregnant. Now, Zachariah is the father. Uh, so it wasn't like a virgin birth, but it was a miracle for her because she could not have children and now in, in her advanced years, I love how the Bible says that, by the way, if you read it, it says she's advanced in years, <laughs> never calls a woman old, which is, you gotta learn that one quick. And so she's advanced in years and she's blessed with a child. And so this shared experience was also, I think an important reason why she actually goes and she spends time with her. And so here's the point. The point is that when you're overwhelmed, you need to find an Elizabeth. 
guys, when you're overwhelmed, you need to find a Zachariah, somebody that is a, is a strong believer, somebody that is just a little bit older, somebody that is a, a little further along. They're not gonna be perfect, but they're a little further along on the journey. And it's your responsibility to reach out. She traveled with haste quickly to go see um, her relative, Elizabeth. She, Mary, is the one making the phone call, sending the text message, inviting out to lunch, inviting for coffee, inviting to spend time together. I think so often when we get overwhelmed, we not only isolate, but we also get so inward focused that we expect everybody in our circle to call us and everybody in our circle to run to meet all of our needs. And that just simply doesn't happen. You need someone in your life like an Elizabeth that you actually run to. She's a strong believer, a little bit further along. And I think all of us need this. This is why being in a church family is so important. Being in a small group is so important. I'm never gonna stop saying that because you need it. You need a church family. You need relationships around you. And I wanna encourage you to do it before the crisis happens, before your world gets turned upside down. Every single one of us are gonna experience trials and people in our life are gonna pass away and we're gonna have financial problems and we're gonna have marital problems and we're gonna have parenting problems. And when those issues arise, when you are connected to God's people, that's, that door is already open for Elizabeth to come hang out with you and encourage you and pray with you and help you with next steps in your life. Every single one of us need this. And I know some people, they look at our church, oh, it's so big. Yeah, we've got a few thousand people coming to FC, but here's the good thing about a church our size is that no matter what you're going through, there's a really, really high percentage that somebody in this room has already gone through what you're going through today. So you gotta find them. We're here to help you find them. And they can encourage you and walk with you. And, and uh, what Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens. This is, this is what it means to be in relationship. We're bearing those burdens. We're, we're, we're sad when you're sad. We're excited when you're excited, right? And we pray for each other and walk with each other through these situations. And we've got to put ourselves in that environment. So here, here's the point we gotta understand that if we're gonna overcome all of the overwhelming feelings in our life, if we're gonna have the strength and if we're gonna actually have the faith that Mary had, we gotta do at least three things. And so here, here are the action steps for us today. And the first one is you've gotta, you've gotta find that strength and faith by surrendering to God. So early on, we recognize we need to release control, but now's the action, now's the faith moment. Now's when you say, okay, God, I'm gonna surrender this to you. Instead of obsessing over this, instead of control all the things and, and do all the things, I'm gonna pray about it and I'm gonna release it and I'm gonna surrender to you. In other words, I wanna encourage you to be overwhelmed by surrendering to Jesus. Don't let your problems overwhelm you. Be overwhelmed with surrender every time the pressure and every time it builds up the anxiety in your heart and in your life, that is the, the warning sign for you to say, okay, I surrender it to you, God, you're in control. I surrender it to you, God, you're gonna do your thing. I trust you no matter what it is that we're gonna get through this. I trust you, God, no matter what I'm experiencing, 
Right? You are gonna have your way. So whatever it is, I'm gonna stop making my plan to fix everything, God, and I'm gonna allow faith to overwhelm me. I'm gonna let God overwhelm me with his love. I'm gonna let God overwhelm me with his truth. I'm gonna let God overwhelm me with his power and his grace. And I'm gonna stop pretending like I have to figure it all out. I'm gonna be overwhelmed by surrendering to Jesus. Secondly, the action step that we've gotta do is we, we've gotta find that strength and faith by trusting God's promises. That means we've gotta be in the word of God and we trust those promises and we cling to those promises. Uh, the, the, the angel told Mary in verse 28 that she was a favored, oh, favored one. A second time she was called uh, that, that, that God found favor in her. The angel said that she is blessed. Elizabeth said that she was blessed because of her belief. So these are, are, are encouraging statements to her. And, and uh, we don't get an angel today, but we get the word of God to remind us who we are. And in the word of God, we are reminded that, that God is gonna provide a way out every time that we're tempted in 1 Corinthians 10. No matter what you're tempted to do uh, this week, that, that might be sinful. There's gonna be a way out. We trust in that promise. And so I'm gonna look for it. We're told in Romans 8 that we are chosen by God, right? We're, we're told that no matter what we go through, that all things are gonna work for the good of those who love God. He tells us in Romans 8 that we are destined for heaven. These are the promises that we cling to when we run into an overwhelming time in our life. Uh, when my mom passed away in 2018, uh, we found out in February that she had stage four cancer and we, we actually were at her funeral in May. It was a very quick time. It was a devastating time for our family. And we, were, we had just finished building this building. So I was overwork. I was stressed out about all of this stuff and all the things going on. And then, then, then walking through that and um, in and out of depression and just, just a terrible, terrible, really couple of years for me dealing with that in, in situations um, around that. But there was a verse that, that really was like my mm, foundation verse that I read hundreds of times, if not thousands. And it actually became the anchor verse to several of the songs that we wrote here in, in, during that 2019-2020 uh, era. Think, songs like, um, uh, through the fire, your love is in the fire. Um, even if he doesn't, place of peace. All those songs kind of um, anchored in this verse in Isaiah chapter 43. Um, it's a great one. Scripture says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not, say it with me, overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel. That is a promise you can count on. When you walk through the heavy waters of, of relational turmoil in your marriage, when you walk through the, the fire of teenagers, when you walk through the, the fire of financial problems, your Lord, your God is with you. It will not consume you. And so you cling to him in surrender. You cling to him by faith. You cling to him in hope that he in fact will bring you through it. He is doing a work that you didn't write down and it wasn't your plan and you wouldn't have decided to do it, but God is at work just like 
the life of Mary. And here's the third thing I think that helps. You find it by singing praise to God. That's what she does. She writes a, a song. She writes a song out and, 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 and she sings it to God. And I think there is power in praise. There is power when we sing. Some of you don't sing. And I just want to, man, you, I don't care if you have a bad voice. Singing the promises of God just does something to your spirit. It reminds you of what you do have. Sometimes when we're overwhelmed, all we can think about is what we don't have and what we need God to do. When we sing praise to God, then it allows us to realize what we already have in Him. Worship brings us back to Him. Worship reminds us of who He is. Here's the song. I'm just gonna read part of it. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And she goes through this whole beautiful song and we know she knows the words of God in the Old Testament because a lot of this um, song that she writes has um, uh, familiarities and similarities to uh, a prayer that Hannah um, uh, writes down and is a, becomes a song as well in the Old Testament. And so she knows the word of God. She's a, a woman of the word, which is huge. That's why we study it. That's why we know it. So that we can bank on the goodness that God has for us, right? We realize how God has blessed us. We realize that, that, that God is, is, is with us. And as we sing it and as we praise him, hands lifted high, our heart is filled with his truth and his love and our spirit is just encouraged and blessed and we walk away different. I'm not just talking about on Sunday morning. I'm talking in your room when you're praising God. I'm talking about in the car, uh, when people at the you know, traffic light are looking at you, like, what is he doing in there? He is praising Jesus, leave him alone. Right? Every place we can find a moment to lift up our praise to God, we do it. We started the message by talking about priorities and how we think everything is so important. I gotta go get all the presents today or the world's gonna end. I gotta go to the grocery store. We gotta get the food or we're never gonna eat again. Right? We, we, we are bad about that. Very few things in life we have to do today. I'm gonna close today by, by asking you something I think is, is the priority. It's the priority this Christmas especially, with all the craziness going on. Some of you are right here trying to control a situation. What if today you truly surrendered to God? You truly let it all out today and just said, God, I surrender all. I surrender my control over this particular situation and I trust you. Would you be willing to do that? I'm actually gonna help you. I'm gonna guide you in a prayer. I'm gonna put a prayer up here and I'm gonna make this your prayer. But before I put it up, let me ask you to bow your heads. If you, wanna, if you want to make this prayer your prayer today and just kind of symbol, symbolism is huge for me. I think it's powerful. I think it resonates with our soul. It helps us remember it. So if, if you're someone here today that needs to surrender control about a situation, would you just stand up and pray this prayer to God? I just put it on the TV screen. Just stand up right where you're at. You might lift your hands up. <clears throat> you might, in the quietness of this room, cry out to God. 
and just allow this prayer to be your prayer. Would you just pray it to him right now? Heavenly Father, I need, I need to stop trying to control this situation. Tell him right now. Just tell him. It's a waste of time. Right now, I surrender my will to your will. Tell him. I recognize that you're in charge of this situation, not me. Jesus, I need your help. Tell him. Help me to let go of my pride, accept help from others. Help me to remember your promises. Praise you when I feel overwhelmed. In Jesus' name. Would you just pray that right now, all over this place, surrendering to him. Surrender it to him. Give it up. Let it go. He's got it. He's got it. Let me ask a prayer blessing upon you now. Lord Jesus, you see hands, you see hearts, you know every situation. You know how hard it was for each of these people to stand to their feet today and release that control. Maybe it's a small step, Lord, but it was a giant step for them today. God, would you hear their cry? Give them faith. God, strengthen their walk. Tomorrow, they're gonna be tempted. No, today, as they go home, they're gonna be tempted to pick it back up and, and solve it and fix it and do it in their own power. And God, we've gotta continue to lay it down and let you do your work and have faith in you. God, let us, let us lean into that strength today and let us see your hand working around us, God. Answer prayers this morning. Lord, do your work and have your way. God, and we ask this in your holy, precious, powerful name. We give it all to you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.